Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 181 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm doing awesome, Joe. Did you know the baseball's back? I tried so hard to make sure <laughs> baseball did not come back. Oh, see, that's not fun. I was the one that was hitting both sides against each other at the uh, the meetings and so forth. You were spreading rumors like back and forth, like, oh, this guy said this shit about you and that. Right. Like, yeah, oh, you're going to give them that deal? I don't know. You should have heard the <laughs> shit they were saying about you on Twitter. Ah, oh, see, that's not that's not cool, man. Baseball is the national pastime, and you're part of the nation. <laughs> hmm. Isn't it more of a game than a sport, really? Like, just a step above bowling? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I think it's a, it's an acquired taste. I say this every year, but uh, it's the sport of kings. It's the mm. sport of kings. So when does the season actually start? And have they decided on how long the season is going to be? And, 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 and. <laughs> season will be its full length, 162 games. Uh, I want to say April 15th, around there, middle of next month. You know, they got to allow time for spring training and all that. And we are just like, as of right now, like the most exciting part of the year for a baseball fan is like free agency period. So like now that the lockout's done, like any second now there can be a huge, uh, like 29 teams in the league could go and make a huge acquisition, meaning every team except for the Yankees who refuse to spend any money these days. (laughs) So like any second now, any team in the league could get better other than New York. So I know um, uh, baseball's back, whatever. So I know when it, things looked dire over the last like week or so, mm. there was a lot of people saying like, oh, go support your local minor league teams. How can the minor league team run the minor league teams run if the major league teams aren't? Um, see, I didn't see those messages because they can't. It's all... Like there is, there are independent leagues and teams throughout the country, but the ones that you're familiar with, like our rail riders, for example, those cannot run if the major league doesn't run because they are, they're basically property of major league baseball one way or another. I know somebody is going to say, well, technically they're independently owned, but they're not going to have like the teams are independently owned, but the players belong to major league baseball, if that makes sense. No, it is it just that I saw folks that are, you know, obviously much more knowledgeable about this sort of thing than I, uh, whether it be Bryce Remsburg or Ian Riccoboni, who are, you know, obviously very entrenched in the world of professional wrestling, but they're also big baseball guys. And they were both like the ones kind of leading the charge of like, go support your local teams, uh, your local minor league teams. And I think both of their minor league teams are the Reading Phillies and I'm like, I guess they could play with the majors being on strike. I don't know how this works. No. So uh, I think one of the big things was during the lockouts and like whether you call it lockout strike, whatever, when they weren't playing, obviously players were not getting paid. And boo-hoo, you know, if if a player's making $100 million a year, you know, big deal. But most minor league baseball players are career baseball players who will never sniff the majors, especially if they're on like single A or double A. And these are guys that like have real jobs during the off season. So they're not making enough from minor league baseball. So if the minor league season did not happen, there goes like their salary and they don't have this war chest put aside like a a major league baseball player would have. So I think with that being said, like 
Maybe the implication was, hey, if the season opens, go and spend money at these minor league parks so that the minor league players get paid. You know, like that might be the mindset. But uh, like I said, I don't think it would have been possible to have a minor league season if the major league was still locked out. I'd love somebody to correct me if I'm wrong about that. I'd be fascinated to hear otherwise. But I think it was just basically that a lot of these guys rely on the, the salary. They don't have hundreds of millions of dollars put aside. That makes all the sense in the world, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, all right. that's that's this week's baseball talk. I'd say first week of many, 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 many weeks of baseball talk. No, this is just the first time because <laughs> you started it. If baseball talk is going to happen, it's going to come after the puppet show, but before all heat, no heaters. Oh, okay. I, I figured, you know what? This is just a, a placeholder to whet people's appetite for the return of Final Wrestling Place. Oh, yeah. April 1st, they're coming back. Sure. Because that's more of like the sports talk show. And that's more of the rant about sports show. And yeah. even though I don't trust this return date of April 1st, I feel like that's a built-in ruse. Mm. <laughs> well, again, you know, post-WrestleMania, I could I could see, you know, kind of piggybacking off of WrestleMania like many other folks do. That makes sense, I guess, you know? Yeah. But just April Fool seems like a very convenient day for return. <laughs> Listen, I tend to trust Tim and Marcus. You do whatever you're going to do with Tim and Marcus, okay? <laughs> I don't know. They seem pretty carny. <laughs> right. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So we have our typical head-to-head Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro 1997. Uh, ECW returns to Raw. Raw is officially renamed Raw is War. Um, there's a bunch of ECW segments. Another thing with the Eliminators attack someone. Taz comes out to try to get Jerry Lawler. And Sabu comes out to try to get Taz. And then there's a big debate between Paul E. and uh, Jerry Lawler. I think if you could find the that, go out of your way, right? See, I have no recollection of this. Oh, my goodness. They're, like, in the ring. JR's the host. Like, he's the moderator uh, of sorts, if you will. The announce team is, like, the first time they're officially, like, a three-man booth for a little bit. It's JR, King, and Vince. Um, But, yeah, definitely go check out the the ECW thing. And it was so weird because it's building up to the ECW pay-per-view. And, you know, and then, obviously, with the payoff to this ends up being at least on the Monday Night Raw side of things. We're going to get to it about a month's time. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty silly that this was uh, being built up in this fashion. Uh, Raw was two hours. Uh, you did have, like, some marquee matches, like the new Blackjacks taking on Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, uh, Vader and Mankind taking on Sid and the Undertaker. But then there was, like, a ton of squash matches, like... Rocky My V in a squash match, Ahmed in a squash match, Gold Dust in a squash match. So they're still trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um, this is also the official announcement that Ken Shamrock is going to be the special guest referee in the Austin versus Bret Hart match uh, at WrestleMania. And they're yeah, hyping lot- up. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say a lot of this, obviously, you know, I, I recognize the timeline and all that stuff and what you're talking about with Shamrock. And uh, it just if for whatever reason in my mind, like we covered that show from the Manhattan Center a couple weeks ago. And 
in my mind, that was the only ECW related show until they bought the company. And I'm just struggling to remember there being this entire episode, you know, there's so there's more. Um, and at least one of it, when we get there, you're going to remember it. Yeah. And I obviously want to I remember my hand, you know, on yeah, a 25 year old storyline. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, obviously I remember Jerry Lawler showing up in ECW and the RV right, stuff. So, stuff so Lawler showing up in ECW doesn't happen until like June in the timeline but there's still a lot more that happens and then you know we'll we'll get into why it doesn't happen for long uh after that right okay uh but so this week's raw is also hyping up next week's main event on raw which is bret hart versus wwe champion sid inside of a steel cage and if you remember that episode of raw then you know everyone who says it's like oh the the double turn that they did at wrestlemania it's like I don't know. I think it's this is the this raw next week that we're going to talk about is like the official Brett heel turn. Um, no but on this show, uh, WWE trying to get into the luchador market. Uh, they have a six man match of Paroth, Heavy Metal, and Pentagon taking on Latin Lover, Octagon, and Vince Russo's legitimate favorite luchador, Hector Gaza, bro. <laughs> Um, so yeah, again, it's it, Raw's still trying to figure its way out, but you know, we're gonna get there sooner than you think. Yeah, see, it is definitely seems like just looking at the card, it's very awkward. It, it is a growing pains thing because it's not anywhere close to attitude, but it's not the new gen stuff that you know we were watching just uh, a week or two ago. You know, like you take those ECW guys out of that Manhattan Center show, and it's purely new gen, you know? Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, so Nitro, uh, it's spring break, so it takes place from Club La Vila in Panama City. Or uh, as I call it, Lava La. Right. <laughs> um, the segment from last week where Roddy Piper auditioned people to be part of his team at Uncensored is completely thrown out of the window this week, where Ric Flair comes out and essentially says, these guys suck, the horsemen should be your partners. And Piper says, okay. <laughs> Um, so again, two, I, I'd say two wasted segments on TV over the course of two weeks. Uh, there's a vignette, uh, Hogan's not even there, but there's a vignette that airs that they officially announce the third member, fourth member of Hogan's team. I think it's fourth member because it's three teams of four. Uh, the fourth member of Hogan's team is going to be the newest member of the NWO in Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Uh, so the the Piper team ends up being Piper, Flair, Arn, and Mongo. The NWO team ends up being Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Rodman. And the WCW team is Luger, the Giant, and the Steiner brothers, who are in action on TV on Nitro this week, taking on the formidable team of Jacques Rougeau and Pierre, the amazing French Canadians. Roadblock and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, who won that? <laughs> really, you know what? I assume that was that was the match to see who would get to be the team to represent WCW at Uncensored. <laughs> it could have gone either way, basically. It really could have. <laughs> Maybe that NWO war would have ended sooner if WCW put all of its its eggs in the Greg Valentine basket. Yes. Uh, but again, 1997, Greg Valentine still wrestling regularly as part of the Monday Night Wars. Like, that's ridiculous. 
Yeah. Well, isn't he still wrestling regularly now in like some dirt mall somewhere? I think he's just doing appearances. I don't know if the hammer's <laughs> dropping the hammer anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. And I'll make the Gorilla Monsoon joke. The match only ends up going about two minutes, which, you know, obviously is a detriment because Hammer takes at least 15 to 20 minutes to get warmed up. So, <laughs> and I'm just going to point that out. Like, that used to be the thing that Gorilla would always say for in every Greg the Hammer Valentine match. If you go look at Greg the Hammer Valentine's match history in the WWF from uh. 1984 to the time that he leaves in 1992. I don't think he has a match that goes longer than seven minutes. That's good work. If you can get it, I guess, <laughs> but like the fact that like he has like, you know, regular length matches and gorilla's like, Oh, he doesn't even get warmed up after 20 to fi- 15 to 20 minutes. It's like, he isn't in a match that's gone 15 to 20 minutes. Gorilla, what are you talking about? I think that's the joke. <laughs> I guess. But, like, if you can get a Hasbro and only work seven day, seven minutes a night, you know, that's yeah. pretty good. I know um, Hawkins and Broski brought it up on the show this past week. And obviously, um, Savant for 90s World Wrestling Entertainment stuff, the great Troy Nelson, uh, you know, he knows that the goon who got an elite had five televised matches mm-hmm. in his run and then they were talking about the William Regal stuff the real man's man's character and they were like oh I think he had a few matches and the thing is he had a lot more than you think it's just that they were mostly on Sunday Night Heat so nobody saw them yeah and also vignettes you know vignettes for whatever reason yeah. count as matches in our minds he had weeks of vignettes and he probably, I, I would say that he probably had, like, closer to 15 matches. It wasn't on, like, the five end. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, I, the goon had. One of these days, we like, I knew, somebody needs to do, uh, I'll pitch this out there. Maybe Joe Gagne will take it, uh, where they need to take, like, a new generation era character and, like, do an over-under on how many televised matches they had. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like, how yeah, like, many tele- a, like how many televised matches did Mantar have? Yeah, that, that'd be a great like five star match game category. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I might steal that one for myself. I don't know. I say I'm going to steal a bunch of stuff. Then I'm a lazy person. You know, this is true. All right. Last but not least, this day in wrestling history, uh, four years ago on this day, AIW held the event. Enter the Dragon with a meet and greet with. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This show is streaming over on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv. Uh, again, four years ago, so a very interesting card uh, featuring Britt Baker taking on Karen Q, who you know better these days as Wendy Chu of okay, NXT 2.0. Yep. Uh, the, uh, yes. <laughs> the uh, AIW Tag Team Champions Twins, PB Smooth and Dylan Hornswoggle Postel, <laughs> taking on Big Twan Tucker and Parker Pierce. Dom Garini taking on Dan the Beast Severin. Uh, right, and in the main event, uh, Josh Prohibition defending the AIW absolute title against Joshua Bishop. And is, again, is Prohibition's that really old guy that came out as the mystery opponent in that like tag match a couple like months ago. The really old guy. Yes, it is. Okay, the guy that like that nobody outside the AIW faithful cared about. If you were a fan of independent wrestling, we'll get into this too, I'm right. sure. But if you were a fan <laughs> of independent wrestling in the late '90s, early 2000s, you absolutely knew who Josh Prohibition was. 
All right. Well, that's not me, I guess. Um, but this was the Tadmore Shrine. This might have been the first time they ran the Tadmore Shrine. And this is like right in Dom and JB's hometown, which is why they kind of got like high profile matches on the show. Sure. And I think they're going back to the Tadmore Shrine uh, here in a couple weeks in the current day timeline. So uh, it's, like it's a really big one with like the painted walls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they don't serve alcohol there. No, but they used to have the Sunday bar. Mm, see, uh, <laughs> that's not going to work for me, the dog. Other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying nobody's going to eat a big giant ice cream Sunday and then throw a, a bucket at the performers after the show, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It depends. You can get pretty pretty wasted on lots of ice cream. I guess. <laughs> get one of those headaches. So that's all for this Dan Wrestling History. Adam, let's get into talking points stuff that we want to talk about from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling yes i i think we need to have a contest i mean you're not going to win anything but uh somebody needs to name this segment it needs a clever name because obviously likes and dislikes wasn't a great name but it kind of rolled off the tongue a little bit better but talking points just seems awkward so somebody out there suggests something and uh i'll reach into the the ad odds prize closet <laughs> for you if it's a really good one but uh, um, I, gotta, I, I i'll throw you a pack of batman returns uh movie trading cards oh there you go <laughs> all right so I, I have a feeling that a lot of our topics this week our talking point topics are going to be aew revolution uh revolving so uh sure i'm just gonna i'm going to start off with one of them is that i wrote this thing down when I was taking my notes, when I was watching the show, and it simply said, holy shit, they had Eddie win. So I was very, very surprised. We both said that Eddie Kingston should beat Chris Jericho, but I always have my doubts. You know, it's just one of those things. Eddie Kingston goes out there, has great programs, great matches with all these guys, with CM Punk, with Moxley. And we always say, oh, they need to have the balls to have Kingston win. And it never happens. And you know what? You can justify it one way or another. But not only did Kingston go out there and have a great match with Jericho, and credit to Jericho, he had a great match with Eddie, but uh, they had Eddie Kingston win, even though there were times in that match when I was like, oh, man, they're going to fuck him here, and they didn't. Uh, the double spinning back fist that led to the result uh, was awesome. It was a great match, a great opener. I was very surprised to see that open the show. But And obviously that led to... Dynamite this past week where we had them kind of confront Jericho tease the handshake Eddie delivering a great promo which if you haven't seen go and check it out and the formation of the Jericho Appreciation Society which I will question the name on it should have been Inner Circle 2.0 or 3.0 but uh, good on Daniel Garcia and 3.0 coming out and joining Jericho um, I know that there are people we'd rather see them associated with. Uh, maybe a dojo with a regal guy at the top, but uh, I liked everything about this. I, I, I am quick to shit on Jericho, but uh, everything about this, definitely in my likes if I still had likes. Yeah, hell of a week for Eddie Kingston from the stuff at the Fan Fest, the match at the pay-per-view on Sunday, the promo that they put out online before Dynamite on Wednesday, and then, of course, the segment on Dynamite as well. Um, you know, I go into every Eddie Kingston match thinking he's going to win regardless. 
Uh, so I'm always setting myself up for disappointment. Um, I really felt, though, that this was going to be the one with Jericho, uh, that he was going to win. And he wins with the stretch plum after the two uh, spinning back fists. Jericho looked great in the match. Yep. A lot of people are saying it was, you know, and they built the promos up around it, um, that it was Jericho's best match in AEW. And it, how crazy is that, that that was Jericho's best match in AEW? But it was probably like Kingston's like fourth or fifth best match match in <laughs> AEW. Uh, who's had more matches in AEW than Jer- Jericho or Kingston? Um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> and I liked the angle on Wednesday. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see the new group forming. Um, you know, and that's and th- it made sense. And that's what I like about wrestling is when I get surprised and it makes sense and I'm cool with it. Uh, I was very scary with that power bomb off the apron to the table. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It looked like Hager was gonna lose him a couple, two, three times. <laughs> Hager should just get lost, period. But yeah, right. Yeah, listen, you know, I think everyone got their one pity hired. I think he's Jr.'s hire, like that initial class of people that got hired. You know, yeah, they got to pick one person that they could pick, <laughs> and as long as you're here, they're here. You know, yeah. I, I was trying to make it a point to watch AEW live. You know, you're coming out of a pay-per-view. It's kind of yeah. like the, the Raw after WrestleMania. But for whatever reason, I was maybe 15 minutes behind. Just, you know, getting up to go to the bathroom, get food, whatever. So I'm watching it, but I'm also, like, scrolling through my phone, which is the biggest mistake on the planet. And Especially if you're, like, if you're seconds behind. That's a mistake. It, <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I think I was on Facebook in, like, the major pod group, and somebody said something like, 3.0 and Garcia in the inner circle question mark. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so that happened and I'm watching it. And I'm like, Oh, this one, this would have been really cool to have been just a natural surprise. And then I'm like, well, there won't be two surprises in one night. So, you know, I, I catch up a little bit more and I'm just scrolling through my phone again. And somebody says something to the effect of how did Jeff Hardy get to keep his music? I'm like, no, not again. <laughs> so I got fucked twice. You need to be more mindful of those sort of things. Yeah, I I can't watch television without a phone in my hand. I don't know what it is. I'm just it's it's the gen it's this generation that I'm in. You wouldn't get it, Joe. You're you're an old. <laughs> yeah, I'm an old. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, so hey, everything's not um AEW, but I'm sure more AEW stuff will come up. Yeah. Um, WWE officially um announced that at WrestleMania, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin are going to have a confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, this is something that had been in the works, rumored and innuendoed for uh, weeks and weeks, and there was even a period of time where it shifted that it was going to be Austin and Goldberg, which is a horrible idea. I'm glad they stuck with the original plan. Um, it's not a match. Um, WWE people don't get paid on matches. They don't get paid on the house. You know, they're on their rolling 90-day contracts. And uh, Kevin Owens being in the ring, across the ring, part of a segment with Stone Cold Steve Austin, whatever your opinion of Steve Austin is, as a person, uh, he's arguably, if not the, um, and again, I almost said arguably the, but not the canceled biggest name in all of wrestling, but he's the canceled person that we, I guess, for the most part, ignore this bad stuff that he did. To get himself canceled, like, he didn't call anyone, like, a racial slur. He only beat up, you know, his wife. So, I guess, in the greater thing of things, that's okay. 
Uh, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, Steve Austin's arguably like number one or number two biggest name in all of professional wrestling. So for Kevin Owens to get a segment on the pay-per-view with him is going to be uh, not just a pay-per-view on WrestleMania uh, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Do you think with the Austin stuff, you know, and how he doesn't seem to be canceled, do you think that's just because I don't mean to diminish it at all, but like that it happened before the era of like Twitter and stuff like that? Like it just kind of happened and then was forgotten. And if it happened during the Twitter age, it would have been more voices behind it. Something to that Uh, effect. I think that's part of it. And another part of it was I also think it was during not during his hottest period of his run. Uh, he had already left and gone, like he had le- he had walked out over the match with Brock. He had come back and he wasn't even like really an in-ring character. He was just a guy who did segments with like Bischoff and Coach and stuff like that. Yeah. So he wasn't like an active wrestler, but he was an active part of the show. But WWE was not like on like a do- decline, but the decline was starting to set in. Uh, cause that would have been like, oh, three, oh, four. Um, but yeah, I think it's a combination of not at the time of social media and not during the hottest part of his run where a lot of people sadly hand wave it. And, you know, it's, it's problematic to, to be a fan of pretty much anyone who started wrestling prior to like 1999, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as the Kevin Owens thing goes, you know, good on Kevin Owens. You know, we were both fans. I'm a fan. One of the few guys left in the WWE that I don't necessarily watch all of his stuff, but I will stop occasionally and check out a promo or a match. But this doesn't move the needle at all for me. You know, really, like Austin coming out and having a confrontation where he, uh, you know, pretends to drink a beer with somebody and stuns him and then celebrates for 10 minutes. Uh, that got old for me 10 years ago. I, I will say outside of the uh, one of the early pandemic empty building raws where he came out with Becky. Mm-hmm. So that would have been two years ago. I don't think Austin had been on a raw in quite some time. Uh, so I'm OK for this little this little bit of nostalgia here for WrestleMania. Right now, yeah. I will say this. They did tease a bunch of stuff. where like uh, uh, Shawn Michaels kind of came out to defend Texas. JBL came out to defend Texas. Booker's T came out to defend Texas. I wouldn't be surprised to see all of them involved in this segment as well. So if this is where you get like, there's your four people that do your legends beer bash thing at WrestleMania. Um, I could see it not being Austin, but I could see it being all of them as well. Yeah. I just think that, you know, you're taking, you're putting this legend out there, taking up the TV time that could have been given to like Logan Paul or Johnny Knoxville. I mean, come on. Well, they're already on the thing, you know? I know, but their matches are going to be smaller because, you know, whatever. You know what I'm getting at. <laughs> a a, a two-night WrestleMania, I think everyone's going to have enough time. <laughs> well, I'm sure the shows are only going to be like four hours a night, though. That's 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 going to be tough. You have to have some people run out for their entrances. Possibly. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. What other AEW thing would I like to talk about? Can I just lump two things into one? And I just want to say, because I don't have any like detailed notes, but I just want to say how much I really enjoyed both the main event of Adam versus Adam and uh, Danielson versus Mox from the pay-per-view. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not a hot take to say that either one of those was a great match. They were great in different ways. You know, Danielson versus Mox was just them beating the shit out of each other. And then we had William Regal come out, uh, you know, for that pop there to 
leading to the promo where you know regal basically said that danielson was the the world's perfect wrestler which was great and that he was uh what regal would have been if regal didn't have his demons so i mean that was all awesome and adam cole versus hangman page it was an nxt takeover main event which a lot of people will criticize but i like nxt takeover main events back in the day so it it, uh was definitely there to benefit me so those two matches again not one better than the other but they were both great for different reasons uh so i thought the pay-per-view uh as a whole uh outside of one match was like really really good yeah would you say um, i don't want to stop to yeah, derail you there but uh Britt baker versus thunder rosa yeah yeah all right go ahead <laughs> um i don't i you know i'm not gonna say that maybe they had bad chemistry i know they're trying to turn it into some sort of like weird work shoot thing on social media which always which always oh. appeals to me yeah <laughs> um but you know i i don't know um I'll be okay if Britt takes some time off after she loses the title of Rose on TV next week, you know? Yeah, I hope she loses it. Jesus. <laughs> Go away, learn a new hold. Herm Sassafras. Uh. <laughs> um, but the whole, outside of that match, the entire pay-per-view was great. Um, I know Viewer's Choice came back this week, and Tim and Marcus were like, oh, you could skip this, you could skip that, or whatever. Yeah, they, that, they hated it, lots of the show. Yeah, yeah. Outside of the Britt Baker match, I wouldn't skip any of it. I'd I'd have watched it all, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't watch pre-shows, though, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, but you talk about the pay-per-view, obviously the Regal stuff, um, the promo that Regal got to cut on Wednesday. And as he's cutting the promo, I'm like, he's going way over on time. I could tell, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you saw on social media, he apologized to everyone. Yeah. That he went over on his time. He's like, I'm supposed to be a professional and I'm supposed to do better. And I apologize to everyone and I'm apologizing to you the fans of the show. And I'm like, I don't know. Regal can go and talk as much as he wants, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, um, anybody watching that wasn't like, Oh man, he needs to wrap this up. <laughs> but I, I do have it on good authority. That, like the, the format for the show was done at like eight Oh one yesterday. So, you know, things were changing and moving and being shuffled around, like literally up until they went live. Um, but the best part of Regal's promo, man, um, was him and Tony Schiavone. And Regal getting choked up talking to Tony Schiavone because, like, those two guys, even though they haven't been in the same company for a very long time, they're still really good friends. Um, Tony told a story on his podcast this week that they kept Regal hidden from him. And Tony was getting ready. Like, it was in between, like, the swerve segment and him going back out. Or, like, oh, no, no, he left commentary to get ready for the swerve segment. So he actually missed Regal coming out and doing the deal. Okay. And then, like, immediately backstage, he's like, you kayfabe and motherfucker, it's so good to see you. <laughs> and this Regal getting broken up, like, to see Tony in the ring again, like, that stuff was great, man. Like, I love that AEW gives these people in wrestling an opportunity to kind of, like, be themselves yeah. and get to show, like, some real emotion and not be, like, a robot. Like, sadly, a lot of people in World Wrestling Entertainment are. And when they try to show some sort of real emotion because it's been beaten out of them for 20 years, it comes across as phony. Yeah. And and I think you're doing this again. This is not rocket science here. But like if you put people who like each other in the ring or who have previous chemistry or previous history, it just makes what they're doing right now better. You know, they don't have to, you know 
think of what to say. They could just reach through experiences and like into their heart. You know, it just makes the television better. Right. But yeah, I mean that that I really like that pay-per-view. Um there's other things on there, but I figured if you wanted to to mark out over your favorite guy in <laughs> wrestling, I'd save it for now. <laughs> well, again, so you say mark out over my favorite guy in wrestling, and I have a question for you, Adam, and I think a question for everyone listening at home, right? Yeah. Uh, this is in regards to the CM Punk MJF dog collar match, which CM Punk won after we got the Wardlow babyface turn, and we got the big Wardlow babyface promo on Dynamite this week, and so on and so forth. And Adam, I have to ask you, did you get CM Punk's entrance? Uh, so I didn't recognize the song. Okay. But I immediately knew what they were doing. You know, okay. like the fact that uh, obviously I haven't been asleep for the past month. I know that the storyline of, you know, uh, CM Punk being the childhood favorite of, of MJF. So I know that they were reaching back. And I do obviously recognize the gear of CM Punk, you know, being a throwback to the Ring of Honor days. Because I've seen bits and pieces of, of uh, CM Punk Ring of Honor early run stuff. So I knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, but like I said, I have never heard of that song before. Um, and but I appreciate it. Like I watched it, I was like, holy shit, that's a cool entrance. Cause I liked CM Punk's mannerisms throughout the mat or throughout the entrance. I liked when he crosses his arms to show the X's on the back, the straight edge X's on the back of his tape fist. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't seen him do that in a long time, like probably since you know ECW days. Uh, and just like him kind of singing along with certain beats of the song. I appreciated the entrance, but I had never seen it before, but I didn't need it explained to me. So I, I know there was a lot of like negativity around it. Uh, but like, yeah, I liked it. Like I liked it a lot, even though I didn't uh, know it necessarily. Right. And obviously it got to be a lot of people being stupid over it, I guess would be the best way I could say it. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and I'll say this, in the grand scheme of things, um, they gave you the nod on commentary, and the only person who needed to know what it was was MJF. Like, yeah. MJF needed to sell it as like, oh, no, not this version of Punk, right? Yeah. The one that I watched before WWE. And everyone could say their thing. It's like, well, I was only four years old when Ring of Honor happened, right? Or I didn't watch that era of CM Punk's thing. And that's fine, man. Listen. Um, but I'm kind of on like the middle of this because these are people that propose themselves to be like wrestling journalists or wrestling reporters or wrestling whatevers, and they don't know history past 2012, like more wrestling happened prior to 2012, but then there's the people that like punks their favorite and they lived through that era and then they're beaten up on the other people because they didn't know it. Right. Yeah. There's shit that happens on AEW TV and pay-per-views that are direct references to stuff that happened on Being the Elite, which is a show for losers that I don't watch. And I bet you if you watch that show, you get these real cool, neat payoffs. And that's something that happened like the previous week on, t on YouTube or a month ago on YouTube or even a year ago on YouTube. But it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the show any more or less. Uh knowing this stuff and a lot of times people don't say afterwards they're like oh uh you know the bucks and kenny saying this was a reference to episode whatever 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 of being the elite and i'm like oh that's great for them the people that watch that show show for losers 
who get that extra joke, and that's fine. And then yeah. I saw other people like saying, like, I don't read every comic book in the world, but when they make a reference to something that's going to happen, like six movies down the road, that's a reference to a comic book first. I get it because I have trust in Marvel to do something good with this stuff, right? Yeah. And I think people have trust in AEW that if they're going to make a reference to something that happened, you know, 18 years ago, then it's going to be worth it. It's not just going to be just whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, but as someone who hated CM Punk for a very long time, um, you know, I got chills, man, watching that that scene and him coming out to that music and him coming dressed like that, you know? And uh, I know people, you included, are like, oh, Joe's this super fan <laughs> of CM Punk, right? Um, I ain't buying no shirt. I ain't buying no doll. I ain't going to go to a show and cheer for him, you know? Um, but I'm, you know, more and more coming around on him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's I don't just know attaching if, to that bunny, isn't he? Uh, I think he's getting like other people's bunnies. <laughs> and I called in on Pod Van Dam this week, you know, because yeah. Ed on Monday morning was lamenting, who is a big CM Punk fan, who thinks CM Punk is the best, was like, hey, I didn't even bother to watch the show. And I watched the entrance and it did nothing for me. And I hate to repeat a bit, but I'm going to pretend that you, the listener of this show, does not listen to Pod Van Dam. But I'm sure that you heard this from CM Punk at the post-pay-per-view presser, right? Mm -hmm. And I quote, uh, I love Bret Hart. Bret Hart's career was cut short. And it's a goddamn tragedy because there's people who go over to Saudi Arabia and get paid millions of dollars. And that should have been Bret, you know? Uh, I feel super grateful and appreciative that I got a second chance. But I'd give it all up in a heartbeat to give it to Bret. I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. I just love that motherfucker so much. He's the greatest. He was right. Bret Hart was always right. So, obviously, it's one thing to overtly have it be, but I think for Punk to come out and pretty much say that his nostalgia return run is essentially his Bret Hart run, that's, that's why I like it. Because he's not being CM Punk. He's being Bret Hart. <laughs> All right. The bunny just got a bite out of it. Well, that's listen. <laughs> your shelf of bunnies looks a lot different than my shelf of bunnies. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I do agree. It was brought up on pod Van Dam. I think either you alluded to, or, or somebody alluded to the fact that uh, CM Punk was taking a shot at HBK. I think it was definitely a shot at Goldberg. Well, and no, that was me taking a shot at HBK. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I'm sure when uh, Punk said it, he means everyone from HBK to Goldberg to Kane to Triple H to Undertaker to any of those guys that came up in the same era as Brett that have done one or multiple Saudi shows, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. Like I said, going back to it, I, I enjoyed the intro or the uh, entrance, even though I had no idea. Uh, like directly, I, I had an idea of what was going on, but I wasn't the target audience for that. But I still enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah for sure. Segment. Cool. But I think that's it. Unless you want to go into great detail of Paige Van Zant signing. No. Oh, oh you know what? Oh. Actually, I 
I kind of do, okay? Yay! <laughs> All right. You go through your thing first, and I got I got something I got to float out to you, okay? Oh, I don't have a thing. I was just going to, in my notes here, in case there was great overlap, I was going to say that it was good to see them finally pull the trigger on Scorpio Sky. You know, I don't think there's been a guy in AEW that has won as much as he has, but just doesn't seem to get the single shove. Uh, and plus, we're going to get lots of Dan Lambert on TV, which is always good. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess Ethan Page is fine, but... Uh, I'm going to be in the minority on this. I'm going to say Paige Van Zandt has never been a great MMA fighter, but she's always been popular for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, despite the fact she keeps losing, uh, she was always on the posters of shows. Uh, And I've said to myself, she needs to be in wrestling for a long time. And especially after Ronda Rousey was signed, I was like, Paige Van Zandt should go into wrestling. And it's good to see that they finally did that because I think she'd make a good professional wrestler. But uh, those are my only takes on that. So um, I don't like when MMA people come into my uh, real professional wrestling. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't go and hope that my favorite fake MMA professional wrestler comes over to you, MMA, UFC, Bellator, whatever, right? Um, And it just, and I get there's like the crossover appeal and people can point at your Brock Lesnar's your Bobby Lashley's, your stuff like this, but your undefeated so much, MMA Jake Hager, right? Undefeated <laughs> MMA Jake Hager, but a, a lot of it just comes up with. And look at the multi-man match they had a couple pay-per-views ago, where it was like Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Dan Lambert, and whoever the other two MMA goofs were. It's like they have to do phony professional wrestling, but they only know legitimate fighting. So them trying to do phony professional wrestling comes off as even more phony. And it makes my phony professional wrestling look even more phony. And I'm just like, ah, you're killing me, guys, right? Yeah. So my take on this is less about the Paige Van Zandt stuff and more about everything else around it. Because that whole match and segment that was the main event of Dynamite this week felt odd, right? Um, okay. You know, they're acknowledging Sammy and Tay Conte as an on-screen couple. Uh, they do the deal where, he, you know, picture in picture, he's going to leave. Um, then we get the deal with Tay getting in the face of Paige Van Zant, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, AEW usually has a plan pretty far thought out, maybe three months, six months, you know, they have a fishbone schedule of maybe even a year out, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel as though if he re-signed his contract with AEW, this would have been Cody and Brandy in this spot. Oh, 100%. They would, and they just, they had this all laid out where it was going to be Sammy and Cody have the match. Cody got sick, so things had to get delayed. Um, Cody would have been the TNT champion. Um, it, all the Dan Lambert stuff that they were doing on TV with Brandy was building to this match where it was going to be Cody against Scorpio Sky. Cody gets taken out during the match. His ribs are injured. Brandy comes out. Brandy's the one that gets into it again with Paige Van Zant, and I think it was just like they had this storyline ready to go to get to this point of Sky winning the TNT title, and when Cody left, they're just like, we could. Who else on the roster has a girlfriend that's also a wrestler? Yeah, who could we plug into this? And I think Paige Van Zant versus Tay Conti will be maybe a little bit better than Paige Van Zant versus Brandy. I mean, I, I would think it would be a lot better, but that's besides me. And I think that AEW needs to get 
whoever has been training uh, hashtag hot Goldberg and have them train Paige Van Zandt, you know, and slow and steady and, ha- you know, have have Tay Conti kind of, you know, make Paige look good in that match. But I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I don't know why. I think I haven't said these words in a while, but that match might be an Adam Van special. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, as I understand it, uh, Paige Van Zandt is in Florida uh, and she is actually training at Gangrel's school. Okay. So, again, she just needs to take the trip up to Florida, or up to Georgia, rather, uh, hop in the ring with uh, Danielson and Hot Goldberg, and I think that'll do her a lot better. But getting some good fundamentals from Mr. Fangin and Bangin himself, I think you can't do any better than that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I didn't think the segment was awkward. I definitely saw the parallels to this obviously being based on the Cody and Brandy storyline because, you know, it just plugs in so easily. Yeah. And do you think uh, you think Wardlow is going to win the title or is it just going to be MGF's going to fuck around with it and cause that storyline to continue? And Wardlow obviously doesn't win the TNT belt. I think I think MGF's going to fuck him. Yeah. Figured. All right. So I think that's else? it there, right? Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for it. All right. So homework. Uh, there was no homework assigned for this week because it was a pay-per-view this past weekend. Uh, but because it is going on as we are recording this, homework for next week will be to watch uh, AIW's Wrestle Rager 2, which absolutely will be up um, on demand on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium between now and the time that we record next week, uh, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv. Use the promo code at odds. Uh, new subscribers tells Jerry that you came to him from us. Sadly, you don't get anything free. The five-day free promotion, whatever the hell it was, is gone forever. Um, but if you continue your subscription with them, we get some sort of kickback. Uh, you know, one hand washes the other, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's that plug there. Uh, T Public Store, you can get it through the mothership at tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. 35% off sale up until Sunday, and you can get at odds inspired designs on shirts and cell phone covers and notebooks and all sorts of stuff. And of course, you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, it's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Um, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click through this past week include uh, somebody pre-ordered the McFarlane Toys DC Universe Godspeed action figure. Uh, And this is how Godspeed Flash villain looks on the TV show. Call me when there's a McFarlane Toys DC whatever of Captain Cold the way he looks in the comic books. <laughs> I'm on a constant lookout for your Captain Cold. Don't worry. Thank you. When it happens, it happens. I alerted somebody, and I won't say who to protect his identity, but I alerted somebody today that there was a White Stripes Funko Pop 2-pack that went out gotcha. for pre-order today. So, I th- oh, I think he was aware of that, but the pre-order went live today. Yeah, well, I, I might have notified him in, of its existence a couple weeks ago and that the pre-order went live today. So I'm always trying to hook people up. I saw as part of some sort of WonderCon Funko Pop thing, there's a Peacemaker Funko Pop with the shield and the red visors down on the helmet. 
Yeah, that is going to be exclusive to Funko's websites and Toys R Us Canada. So I will be on wow. the lookout for that. You know, and yeah. right, I was going to mention that to someone, but I know they're in the middle of a Funko purge. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to be an, an enabler and let them no, know. Yeah, no, that's see, as long as no, I have no rules. Honestly, it's just as long as I can still move in my house, I'm allowed to buy more Funkos. Gotcha. <laughs> But I guess we'll go ahead and talk about some podcasts. Um, yes. Yeah, and those podcasts you should listen to include Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Thank We you. Need Wrestling, <laughs> Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, Wings on Wings, and Joe... Obviously, we teased it earlier in the show. We talked about it, but Viewer's Choice came back this week, and Viewer's Choice was in the list of podcasts that I will never, ever mention on this show, including the A-Show and Final Wrestling Place, you know, the ones that I will never mention. So I think it's only fair that uh, because Viewer's Choice is back, I will put it back in the plugs. So Viewer's Choice is reinstated, but because the scales need to be balanced— and because I'm pretty sure Bix never said Adam Van Special, I am putting Between the Sheets in the list of people that I am not plugging anymore. So Between the Sheets, The A-Show, Final Wrestling Place, I will never mention any of their names again on this podcast. You know, it took me a while to figure this bit out, just so you know. <laughs> bit? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm dumber than I look. <laughs> but welcome back, Viewer's Choice. All right, let's get into some voicemail, huh? Yeah. It's nice and light on the voicemail this week. Let's start it off here. Hey, guys, Kevin here. So I watched uh, AEW live on Sunday. Uh, Wednesday night, um, I was doing stuff with my kids, so I couldn't watch Dynamite. I'm actually watching it right now as I call. Uh, Then I'll watch Impact later. Then, of course, listen to you guys. Um, But anyways, I had issues with CM Punk as well. I was a huge, huge fan, absolute mark for him, buying his shirts, buying the toys, uh, following stuff online and, and any independent wrestling stuff I could find because I just thought he was so cool and there's just something about him. And I think it was, he was a geek in a way. You know, there, there seemed to be some sort of like nerdiness and sort of geekiness. Uh, clearly there's a comic uh, fandom and there's, but his enjoyment of wrestling and love of wrestling and passion for it too. And also being an underdog and people being against him. So I, in a way, wanted to be like, well, fuck you. He's awesome. You'll see, you'll learn, you'll, you'll figure this out one day. And so I wanted to embrace that and support him and, and get a sort of strength through that as well. So then when he left, I was upset too. Fuck you. Much like MJF. Like, screw you. I looked up to you. You were supposed to be there for me. And Phil from Chicago never asked that. Phil from Chicago never offered that. I'm confusing the person with this character and expecting the same from both of them. That's not fair. For the person who came back Sunday, God, I was I was singing along to the theme. I was marking out. I'm going crazy for it. I loved every minute of it. And then I'm watching AEW Dynamite. And Eddie Kingston comes out, and he talks about who Jericho used to be, and Lionheart, and having matches with Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and all. God, I love wrestlers who love wrestling. 
I love wrestling being like rewarding you for it. And holy shit, WWE hasn't done that for me for years. Years. You made me ashamed to be a wrestling fan. And AEW's like, come on, all the geeks are here. Let's have fun. I think that's why we are loving it so much more than WWE lately. Uh, especially with, and uh, thanks Pod Van Dam for pointing it out, some of the bullshit Vince said on that Magazine interview. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, that's all. That's all I have for this week. Not even going to pretend that I got some fleas and then swerve, you guys. Can't wait to listen to Love you guys. Love the show. Love you long time. Uh, yeah, I think Kevin brings up a good point in that, um, you know, a lot of the guys that AEW has picked up and a lot of the, you know, I, I said before that AEW allows these guys to go out there and give these heartfelt real promos that feels like them and it makes them feel like real people. And so much of that is them talking about whether their history in professional wrestling or their history of being professional wrestling fans. And, you know, whether it's done intentionally or not, I think it's like six of one, half a dozen the other. The fact that AEW is rewarding you for being a fan of their product, where WWE more so punishes you or scolds you for being a fan of their product. Yeah, and I think that as a wrestling fan, it's easier to root for, and it's more obvious. Like, it drips off the screen. When you watch somebody like Daniel Garcia or 3.0, I'll use them as an example, like, you look at them and you're like, okay, these guys are wrestling fans. You know, like, there's something about them that, like, they like the business versus if you watch NXT 2.0 Glow and a lot of these guys are just athletes that finished their college run and were just recruited by somebody be like, hey, are you looking for work? You've got a good body to you. And they're like, all right, what's this wrestling thing? You know, like, it just, it jumps off the screen if somebody is passionate about it, you know? Well, and, and I'll give you that. There are those that you could tell were fans and maybe had no desire to get involved in wrestling and worse in some other sport or were in some sort of athletic endeavor. And they get that call from WWE and it kind of reawakens that childhood fandom in them. Whereas more times than not, if you were a fan growing up, of professional wrestling and you get a job in WWE, they don't want you to do like, they don't want you to address that. They don't want that to be part of your on-screen character. You know, there's been so many times where WWE has had job hirings over the last like five years, whether it be for, you know, on-air talent or writing staff or anything. And in the job description, it says being a fan of the of professional wrestling um, is almost discouraged. For yeah. you coming in. Because they make movies, pal. They want wow. movie executives and, like, script writers and producers. Yeah. Now, listen, you take whatever storyline you pick. I say pick any WWE storyline over the last three years, and I will put it up against, I don't know, I'll just pick someone at random. Eddie Kingston's through line in AEW. And you <laughs> tell me a better movie. If you adapt, if you took the wrestling out of Eddie Kingston's story and you just took his story and turned that into a movie... That's better than any storyline that WWE has done in the last five years. Uh, Am I biased 1,000%? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm not wrong either, you know? No, no, I mean, Eddie Kingston's story right up there with Spooky Fiend and Spooky Alexa. I, right. I get you. <laughs> All, right. All right. Last call, pink button time. Oh. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I'm on the road to Lakewood, Ohio. Be the tiredest player at the wrestlery. 
and I just wanted to get your opinion on something. Like, let's say you have a favorite bar that closes down during COVID, but they open up at a different place, and someone tells you something like, it's on West 25th. But it's in a city you don't live in at all, um, and you absolutely go to, like, four or five places in that city. Would you get irrationally angry that that person know what it, where West 25th was? Um, and then would you also get angry that apparently uh, I to find a percentage of 50, you just double the number to figure out uh, how much it would be in a tie-dye, percentage of a tie-dye twice shirt. Uh, Jobber had some real old man yelling at Cloud Energy today. Um, he said that the problem with people, which very old man statement, is that they don't bother to look things up for themselves, which I think that's what he's mad about, is that I didn't know where the bar was. And I also didn't care to look it up for myself. I just wanted somebody to tell me, like, a landmark around it. So I just want to know what you guys think about that. And also, uh, Joe yesterday said, I'm very good at Twitter. I saw it even though I wasn't supposed to. So I just wondered, Joe, what was your most uh, enjoyable part about my Twitter day yesterday? Because it was eventful. I haven't had a day like that in a long, long time. It felt nice. I needed that. Like, I needed... Sasha Stans and Annie Baxters to yell at me for hours and also set me with uh, softballs by telling me to get a life. But in reality, that's what Sasha might lose if she doesn't get vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> the referee now. Okay, bye. I hope right. Ed had fun at the show. I'll let you address the things that Ed brought up there. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do my real quick before you go on. Uh, as far as the getting irrationally angry, uh, I'm the wrong person to ask that because I am very even keeled and even tempered and I don't fly off the handle. So I'm the wrong person for that. Um, as far as Ed's Twitter day, I really did enjoy him coming to the defense of drugs because they're cool and awesome. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, um, Kudos on learning, you know, percentages of 50. So good for you. Uh, but the rest I'll defer to you. So uh, Ed did have a good day on Twitter. Um, this, the messing with the Sasha stands was fantastic. But anytime that Ed says something on Twitter, right? And then somebody comes at him not knowing who Ed is, right? And yeah. I think we're kind of all in on the joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, of Ed's persona and so on and so forth. And most of them, nine out of ten times, their immediate whatever is, oh, you're just an AEW stan. Which is, like, completely, like, not what Ed is, right? No, not at all. Ed's, so, like, barely an anything stan. <laughs> right. Like, if so if, when it comes to wrestling, right? Yeah, he's a twice stan. Yeah. So, like, if you come at Ed with whatever, if you stick with, if you stick with whatever he's tweeting about, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a back and forth. But the minute you out of left field throw at Ed will, and try to dismiss him as just being an AEW stan, like, you've just given him, like, like a new, like, arsenal to come back at you with, right? And you <laughs> yeah. don't even realize it because Ed is not the person to mess with on Twitter when it comes to this sort of stuff. And I also enjoy, and listen, I would never say that I'm an Ed, um, like, I'm like Ed, but I'm definitely an Ed understander, okay? Sure, Absolutely. Um, I know the whole thing with the bar that moved and the address and stuff like that. I've lived in the house that I live in, um, for, uh, let me do my, my gazintas here. 17 years I've lived here, right? Okay. I know the name of the street that I'm on. 
right? Yeah. And then there's two streets that go alongside my street. And I know the names of those streets, but I don't know which one is which. <laughs> but if you Not say the, the one that's if you say the one that's by uh the KFC, I know what you're talking about. If you say the one that's by the Turkey Hill, I know what you're talking about. Um I've gone to dozens of places, hundreds of places even in the town that I live in. But if you told me it was on XYZ Street, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you say it's like, oh, do you know where they just tore down that building that had the painting on the side? I know exactly where you mean. Yeah. I've been at my place for for five years and like I'll be outside and a car will drive by and they'll be like, oh, where's so-and-so street? Like, dude, I don't don't fucking know anything other than like where I'm standing right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, listen, I, I, I think that's just a different way that some people's minds work when it comes to that sort of stuff. You know, even with like wrestling, people would come up to me and be like, oh, the thing that you said on commentary on the name, this named show. And I'm like, I don't know the names of the shows, but I go, if you tell me a building that it happened, happened in or like um, a date, maybe like I know that it's just the way that like everyone's minds process things a little bit differently. Um, and also I, my mind with Ed, um, I know Pat has given Ed a hard time about like Ed doesn't know how old he is, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to keep the sanctity of Ed's uh, age private. Um, you know, to protect his uh, youthfulness, right? Oh, sure. of course. Right, right. And I'll say this. Um, I'm in a similar boat as Ed because unless it's like a round number, I get tripped up like on the, like, you know, I'm currently 44, but I have to think about it because like, I don't <laughs> know, am I 43 or 44? Like, it doesn't matter. I know in a couple of months I'm going to be 45. That's a nice even round number. And when I get to that, I'll be like, ah, I know I'm 45. But, like, right now, I'm like, somebody asked me how old I am. I legitimately have to think, I'm like, am I 43 or 44? Because, really, as an adult human, once you're over 21, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like, no one cares. I was born in 1980, so my birthday always goes, like, in relation to the year. That's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, so, like, if somebody asks me how old I am, I think I have to think for a split second what year is it. So it's 2022, so I'm 42. In 2023, I'll be 43. I need to know the year to know how old I am, you know? Right. But I don't think about how old you are, Adam, listener to the show, whoever. Um, And, again, I'm glad that people care so much about how old they are. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I think that's it for this main show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> All right, Joe, I had a relatively big week of weekly purchases, and then I went to get my, my Jeep inspected today, and I got I got fucked royally, so I had a very, very big week of weekly purchases, because I needed new tires, new brakes, new rotors, and an oil change. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was only like $880, you know, that's always good to to have to spend on like no notice, you know, and 
Sure, I could have shopped around and saved $20, $30, $50, whatever, but it's like, you're there, you just want the nightmare over with so you can move on with your day, so uh, that that was my afternoon, and and the good news was it only took them like three and a half hours to do all that. So I just, you know, sat in a waiting room during that time. But uh, now, do yeah. you have a regular garage guy or do you, are you one of these take them to the dealer type people? I'm like a take it to like a chain third party place, mm. like a specific third party place. I don't have a guy because there's no I'd rather deal. I don't like dealing with like a mom and pop, like dirt on the floor garage. I'm too uh. fancy for that. And uh, I, I generally don't go to the dealership either, so I, I go to a third-party chain. I know on our new car that we got two years ago, like, for the first five years, like, oil change, inspection, all that sort of stuff is free as part of, like, what we paid, right? Uh, so that car goes there. Uh, my car goes to the local mom-and-pop guy. And sometimes you got to find a new one because sometimes they move and so on and so forth. Sometimes they, you know, the guy, the mechanic that's there goes somewhere else. Uh, but it's always good to have like a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend that has that garage. So they kind of help you out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Get, get, I, you, I, get you in when you need. Like at the start of the pandemic, you're like my inspection is uh, March or April, right? Mm-hmm. So at the start of the pandemic, uh, my guy told me that my car is probably going to need new tires soon. Okay. Yeah, it's been two years. I ain't got new tires, but I don't do a lot of driving these days, you know? Yeah. See, I, I agree. It's helpful to not get gouged and know a guy if you're like, oh, I need this, you know, the transmission changed or like, uh, you know, something with the engine's gone wrong. But generally, if I have a vehicle that just goes that wrong, I'll just throw it out and get a new one. But right. for, for like uh, things like tires and brakes, uh, I do just bite the bullet and I'm like, eh, whatever. They, they cost what it costs. Yeah. When when the average price, when I was, a you know, a teenager, early 20s and the average cost of a car that I would buy was eight hundred dollars yeah. and it would break down. I would just leave it on the side of the road, take the plates <laughs> off it and, you know, walk to, like and again, I was a long time ago, walk to the nearest payphone call somebody to give me a ride home and then that next day we'd start shopping in the want ads for the paper <laughs> shop for a new car that was under a thousand dollars yeah I, I i if anything goes wrong with this jeep in the next like year i'm literally just putting it into neutral and pushing it into a lake somewhere <laughs> there was there was a time where the cars i would buy were so shitty i would never put a full tank of gas in it because i was afraid <laughs> if it broke down like today's the day it's gonna break down and today's the day I put the full tank of gas in it, and I ain't siphoning that shit out, so I'm just not gonna fill it all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was it wasn't until I was about 20. Um, you know, so I had like a good like three or four year stretch there where I probably dropped collectively about seven grand across like five cars. And I would just leave them on the side of the road. <laughs> nice. But eventually you got to grow up, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right, before we get into the main purchases. Um, I got a lot of purchases too. I know, like that. that's what I'm actually kind of pumped about. And I think we do have a lot of overlap, but I just want to start off. Obviously, AEW had a lot of reveals and some stuff went up for pre-order, obviously. And I think that's going to be some of our weekly purchases. But I made a list of not only stuff that was revealed for the first time this past weekend, but also maybe stuff that was revealed recently that I wanted to kind of have like a Joe Sposto like spreadsheet set up so that I don't forget anything. And uh, 
honest to God, like I, I don't have it written down, but there's over 20 something figures here that are coming up that I either need to order or have already ordered. And uh, it is scary. But uh, a couple of them I was able to order this past weekend, and I'll defer to you. As I, I'm going to send you this list just so you can see how crazy this is. But uh, what did you buy this week, Joe? Uh, well, you know, uh, we saw the reveals of some of the next sets. And again, with unmatched and unrivaled and whatever the set numbers are and the whatevers, I see the figure. I'm like, okay, that's the set that I want. I'll say, like, who's the figure in that set? That's what the set is. That's what the set's named. We saw the Eddie Kingston prototype, and the Eddie Kingston went up for pre-order. Uh, so I got my two, one to open, one to hang on the wall. Yeah. And there was also the, and I think we knew this was coming, or at least we hoped it was coming. And that was the uh, Mr. Brody Lee and Negative One Two Pack. Now, that went up for pre-order first on Saturday. It went up at about 3 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. And I sat there, and I'm thinking to myself, I go, do I wait for the Eddie and just do the order together, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I, I'm like, I need to hit this now, right? And I'm glad that I did because I think my order like processed at like three minutes after three, and I think it sold out at five minutes after three Eastern time on Saturday. Now it is back up for pre-order. Uh, Adam did attempt to help some folks out with the um, the scam where you add it to like your wish list. And then it shows it's available and you can add it to your basket. But I will say this. If you were one of the folks that ordered in that five-minute window when it went live, it said that yours was shipping in May. And I think everyone else's says, like, late June now. Yeah. Um, I had not known about the figure until you showed a picture in our group chat maybe 15 minutes beforehand. So uh, okay, that's the first time I knew about it. But, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, I need multiples of this. This is awesome. And I, I did place an order during the initial batch and I immediately thought to myself, man, I should have ordered more than one. And then when I saw that it sold out so quickly and and I was very taken aback by the fact that at least briefly it wasn't available to order. Cause I've never seen ringside do that. You know, usually when the first batch of pre-orders or whatever they deem as their first batch sells out, it just says pre-order two, pre-order three, you know, and it just pushes it back further. So I was very surprised that it was at least briefly not available. Uh, so when it did become available to order again, I did order a second one. So I have two of the negative one Brody two packs coming in. Yeah. And I think that this is a figure that needs to just be constantly available. Like I'm all for being a dirty, filthy flipper and having an expensive collection. But I think that like obviously some of this money uh, is going to the Huber family. I think that this needs to just be available for a long time. And then – every so often reissue it as negative one gets bigger, you know? Oh, that'd be funny. You know, give like, all right, right now he's however old he is, you know, give us like the 15 year old version and the 20 year old version. Just keep on doing it until he eventually looks like Preston Vance. You know, (laughs) because that's probably, you know, actually what if Preston Vance is just negative one sent back from the future? That's that's a possibility. (laughs) But like, I'd like to see, you know, the evolution of negative one over the years. So this could be a long-term project for ringside and AEW. So I just love the figure. I love the packaging. Uh, the back of the packaging is, you know, just could get you weepy if you looked at it, you know, it's, it's a great setup. So I'm happy to add two of those, even though one of them will come much earlier than the other one. Yeah. So uh, Adam, you sent me your list here, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
do you really need to get in? Do you need to open that wound of unrivaled supreme figures already? Uh, 1,000%. I have never seen a... I mean, granted, my... My wrestling collecting renaissance is only like a year or so old, but I've never been more excited about the reveal of figures than the packaging for those Supremes. Like, I'm sure you saw and you heard them talk about on the major pod. uh, The Cody one was revealed in package or at least a render. Yeah. You know, with the basically, you know, Ultimates are like, hey, we're going to give you extra hands and a head. And, uh, you know, Supreme is like, hold my beer. You're going to give you extra legs <laughs> for your figure. Uh, and I, it's one of those things where if I had it to do over again, I would have all of the Ultimates from the very beginning. But I don't have that opportunity anymore. So I'm going to do all of the Supremes from the beginning. And I'm not a Cody collector, but that's a really nice figure. Uh, that Malachi Black or looks awesome <laughs> with all the the like antler masks and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I make no apologies for these. They retail forty bucks. I'm sure Ringside will charge seventy a piece for them, but mm. it is what it is. I need them. Got to pay the suckers premium. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, obviously there's more figures, but again, we do cross over on some of our sensibilities. Um, I'm gonna get the first Danielson figure. Yep. Um, I'm going to look to see what gear the Brody Lee is going to be in, the the unmatched six Brody Lee. Yep. Um, the Owen Hart is kind of an almost like penciled in definite. But again, I want to definitely see what it looks like. Um, I'm surprised that they're doing a hook figure so soon. I'll say this. Am I going to buy the hook figure? No. <laughs> Am I going to buy the Taz figure? No. If they do a two pack of hook and Taz together, I'm absolutely going to buy that. Yeah. I, I think uh, the Taz, I've seen some pictures where it looks good. I've seen some pictures where it doesn't look good. So the Taz could be penciled in here at a later date. Um, I had to put Miro on here because I love the God's Favorite Champion gimmick. Mm-hmm. And I made the mistake of buying the gamer Miro figure. And I need to get yeah. rid of that. Um, I think the Adam Cole looks awesome. Um uh, CM Punk, I do not own a CM Punk figure, so I will buy that. And uh, I know you're a super fan, so you might pick that up. We'll see. Um, mm. He's on there twice because I didn't know which one was which. So, Well, isn't um the tights the variant? I think, yeah. One of them is like, there's the tights is the chase and the long legs or long pants is the I regular. Think, I think him in street clothes with the cloth goods hoodie. Is okay. the regular, and then the him and his gear is the chase. Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I'm not, I want a CM Punk figure. I don't know, I know I have him on here twice. That was more for me to keep track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to see what's what. I'm not going to fall victim. So you know how, like, if you go to pre-order the Eddie Kingston on Ringside's page, it just shows, like, a picture of Eddie Kingston. It doesn't show the photo. Yeah. Like, that's fine for Eddie Kingston. I will not order a CM Punk figure based on that. You know, I need to see the figure. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I have, that's a giant list of stuff that's uh, either definite yeses or, uh, you know, on my radar. Yep. Um, so you ordered the Eddie Kingston, correct? Two. I ordered the, I ordered two Eddie Kingstons, one, like I said, with a ringside, with a, a defender to put up on the wall, and another one to open. Yeah. I, I also ordered two um, um, not to open, but because eventually you're going to get me one of those signed. <laughs> Okay. Eventually, you know, it could be 10 eventually. years from now, but, but yeah, eventually. Um, other than that, I did order 
the Kenny Omega GameStop exclusive Akuma figure just because it was readily available and I can cancel a GameStop order if I uh, feel like it, you know, just right from their app. Mm-hmm. And it's the only one of those GameStop figures that actually looks cool because the Young Bucks ones that are based on Kyle or uh, Ryu and I don't know. Ken. Ken and Ryu, yeah, uh, are terrible. <laughs> Probably the worst looking face sculpts of any figure of the modern era. Uh, not that I'd want them anyways, but uh, the, the Omega one looks cool. And I kind of dig the, the crossoverness of it. And uh, so I had to get that. Yeah, I'm okay. I don't need any of that. Yeah, no, I know. Um, you mentioned figure defenders. Uh, I did place an order with Ringside for just a crap ton of figure defenders. Yeah. Uh, mostly AEW ones, because I realized my AEW collection is getting a little unwieldy, and I'd like to put them in defenders. Because they don't quite stack right, because yeah, they're yeah. an awkward-shaped box. Um, so I was like, oh, let me get a bunch of defenders. And I hate placing an order through ringside where I don't at least get a figure, you know, like it's like getting socks for Christmas. (laughs) Okay. So I had to go and like, I added a figure to the, to the order, which was the Chuck Taylor AEW figure that was in stock. Cause I knew that like, I'm never going to see this in a store. Cause I might see a AEW figure every three months at this pace. So I grabbed the Chuck Taylor. And then as I was checking out, you know, they have like candies at the, at the the grocery <laughs> checkout aisle, uh, yeah. I, I the saw, impulse items. I saw an impulse item of the Chelsea Green uh, basic chase that was back in stock. So I ordered that, but I also ordered two defenders that double as chase def- or not chase as basic defenders. Okay, uh, so that they would ship the chase the Chelsea in the defender which they did and it actually came in good shape and i then have since used those two defenders for my alexa bliss nxt rookie figures now that's oh that's an interesting question so i know when you go into pre-order an AEW figure it gives you the option to get it with or without a defender and obviously if you get with they ship it in the defender so something like a basic like you're saying they don't give you an option to get it with or without a defender you have to buy them separately um, you know what? That's a very good question. I did some research because I was looking for defenders for a lot of my older uh, elites. Like I wanted a defender for my uh, Luke Harper first elite, uh, which I actually ordered one that I thought was the right one, but it's way too small. Um, but like I so I'm trying to find some oddball stuff and I'm on ringside right now on the Chelsea thing for the 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 basic and there is not an option to get a defender widget, which is a rookie mistake. <laughs> like you, you yeah. have the stuff on your website and I had to do some digging because you can't search, you know, defender basic. You have to look at the listing of every single defender and then there's one of them and I forget which one it was. But it says also fits basic series, you know, 20 and up, you know, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot, you know. But yeah, it's if you order an AEW figure or an ultimate, it does say add a defender for five bucks. But for whatever reason, it doesn't say it on this. Yeah, so I I have uh, just like the link page, the landing page for all the defenders bookmarked. So if and when I needed to buy them, I could get them. Um, and that is so even though it's not an option to buy them together on the website, if you do buy them together, the people packing the boxes boxes at ringside are smart enough to know, like, oh, put this inside the defender. 
yeah, I, you know what? I had my doubts that that would be the case, you know, <laughs> but I was hoping that it would be so. Uh, but yeah, when I got the the Chuck Taylor was in a defender and the Chelsea was in the appropriate defender as well. Mm-hmm. Good. It was, it was good to have it. And like the Chelsea is probably a nine out of 10, you know, like it wouldn't pass. If I had options, I would pick a different one. But as far as something that was mailed to me by ringside, I consider it like really good. Uh, what about, did you get anything else? Cause I have, I can keep going. I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. So what I got mostly is stuff for my kid. Um, you know, those different t-shirt sites where they'll do like a licensed design, but it's by like an artist. So they kind of skate the line between whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's an account that I'm sure a lot of people follow on social media. Wario 64. It's like he does a lot of like the video game deals and toy deals and stuff like that. Well, he's also one of those designers for a site called Dracula Byte, B-Y-T-E. And I just so happen to be scrolling through social media. He had a bunch of Kirby inspired designs. My kids saw it and I'm like, okay, uh, he wants it. We'll get it. We'll see how it looks and feels and whatever. And, you know, I think with the sh- with shipping and the guy's discount code, I think the shirts end up being like 16 bucks shipped, which, you know, for like a kid's shirt, that's a cool design. Uh, you know, it's it's not terrible, but it's, you know, better than a limited design that you can get at like an Old Navy or a Walmart or whatever it is there, right? Yeah. So shirt's not here yet, but hopefully it'll be here soon. Hopefully it's good quality. Hopefully it stands up after a couple washes. And if it does, we'll probably end up getting them more. Cool. I got one I, more, but you go through a whole bunch of yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to uh, Target uh, yesterday or the day before, and I saw some random AEW figures on the pegs for the first time in a long time. Uh, I don't remember what line they were from, but uh, there was a Nyla Rose Unrivaled, and there was a Wardlow Unmatched. And I had tweeted out that this Wardlow is the same uh, series as the Sting, so I just missed the goddamn Sting because I do want that. Right. Uh, but but I picked up the Wardlow uh, because we were hot off the heels of him turning into a huge baby face off of the pay-per-view. Uh, so I picked that up. It's his rookie figure. Then I watched Dynamite and I saw him do his promo and I considered returning the Wardlow figure. Oh, come on. <laughs> But I did keep it. Uh, so uh, that because, again, I don't see AEW figures in the wild. And at $19.99, if I change my mind down the road, I can obviously sell it as opposed to, you know, spending 30 bucks on ringside for it. You know, uh, you got to jump on these when you can. For sure. Um, I also in the major Facebook group. Uh, just, it wasn't the flea market, but it was just somebody randomly selling figures last week. I got for 35 shipped the bludgeon brothers, Luke Harper elite figure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, I had his like Wyatt family, uh, like rookie elites. And, uh, this was just a, a cool mold. I know you have it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool, like, the jacket's awesome that he's wearing and, like, comes with the giant hammer and some extra hands. It's a really nice figure, and I figure for 35 bucks, can't beat that. It's a nice, heavy figure. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Um, but go ahead, what else you got? Last thing I got is the uh, new, the next American Pokemon set was announced, which is based on the Pokemon trading cards, which yeah. is based on Pokemon Go, which means the next set, went up for pre-order on all those things. And if you remember over the last two years, how sometimes it's difficult and our area gets like weird allocation of sets and stuff. And when there was a real 
this 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 distribution problem late 2020 the pokemon company took it upon themselves to say like hey we're going to start offering it that you could purchase this stuff directly through us we're not going to limit you like an online retailer would be or so on and so forth and there's certain things that you could get through pokemon themselves that you, when you get the what's called an elite trainer box right and it comes with like it's almost like the starter kit if this was your first pokemon thing gives you a bunch yep. of packs and it gives you all the things like the dice and the counters and the instructions and all that sort of jazz when you get it through uh the pokemon website the box is branded different you get a couple extra packs that you don't get from buying it off the shelf or from a retailer or online or whatever but you also get like one or two little extra things that you can only get through that okay so i did it for the last set for my kid it came in he was very happy with it the pre-order for it went up this week so i did the pre-order and pokemon company does good uh with that i know i think i mentioned it before when i did the last pre-order you could pay through their website with paypal but you can't do pre-orders through their website with paypal it has to be with a credit card yeah i've seen that happen before yes uh so that's it that's that's all my purchases somewhat pokemon related because i don't know if it was pokemon or sports cards but i was at target I don't know when, and they all blur together. Um, <laughs> it might have been in your neck of the woods, and, but it okay. was in the mi- middle of the day, and I was walking towards the checkout to leave, and I saw a line near the card section, and there was a lady uh, like stocking the shelves, and there was probably uh-huh. at least eight or nine people in line, all like <laughs> guys our age, you know, uh-huh. like a bunch of like neck bearded ones so like not handsome guys like us but like they're all just waiting for their chance to get at the cards that were being put out and i didn't want to like look and see what it was whether it was pokemon or or sports or wrestling or whatever but i just said to myself i was like nerds i kept talking (laughs) as i was like walking like funko pops and wrestling dolls up to the checkout exactly (laughs) um all right so other purchases um I was advised uh, a couple days ago that I should go and buy a figure. Uh, More on that later, maybe. Uh, Mm. So I jumped on eBay and I bought this one wrestling figure that I've actually had my eyes on for a while. If you remember when I went to my on my New York doll safari with Jay Gold, uh, IWTV guide, one of his purchases that he made was a one in 3000 UK exclusive William Regal figure. Oh, yes. He bought that. He liked it. I was like, oh, that's a cool figure, you know, and like a one in 3000. That's a relatively low print run. Um, so he and I don't remember what he paid, but he paid a, a, a fair amount of money for it. And it always stuck in my craw that I was like, oh, I would kind of like that figure. So with Regal debuting on AEW this past week and being probably hotter than he's been in a long time, I went looking for that figure, and I actually found her for $15 plus shipping on eBay. Wow. So I jumped all over that, and I'm happy to have it. It's my only Regal figure, and I think I'm done. You know, but it's nice to have a 1 in 3,000. And speaking of 1 in 3,000, Joe, uh, did you see all the hubbub about the Shop AEW exclusive Chris Jericho figure? I know that there was an exclusive figure. Yeah. And that's all I know. And I'm just like, I don't care. It's not anyone I want. So yeah. let there be a one in <laughs> one Chris Jericho figure that you can only get through shop.aw.com or whatever the hell it is. Cause it's not for me. 
Yeah, so I had seen uh, that they announced during the, the reveals that there were going to be Shop AEW exclusive Jericho, Mox, and Omega. And nothing special about the figures. I think they're actually reissued figures, but they have different cloth goods shirts and really different uh, packaging. Like the packaging is exclusive to each guy. You know, it's as if it's designed after the the wrestlers. Um, So they were going to go up on Shop AEW. I kind of was interested in the mocks and kind of interested in the Omega, but apparently they're going to release them individually. And for whatever reason, I just happened to look at my phone at like 104 on Wednesday and I was in the major pod group and I saw that the Jericho went up for sale. So I went to shop AEW out of curiosity to see how much they were because I know that they were selling them at the fan fest for like $300 signed. Um, and like at, at dynamite for three or the pay-per-view for $300 signed. So I was like, I wonder what the unsigned ones are going for. And keep in mind, they're one of 3,000, so they are on par with the rarity of, like, one of the AEW chases. Sure. The chases now are either limited to 3,000 or 5,000. So it's on par with the rarity of the the rarer chase. So I was like, all right, let me see what these go for. And I look, and they are $35. Whoa, okay. Uh, Plus tax, plus shipping, plus the optional defender. Yeah, it's like so 50 bucks, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, eh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to see if I can get one into my cart. So I click add to cart uh, and it enters you into a queue. And it literally tells you, you are person number XYZ in the queue. Uh, There are this many people still remaining in the queue ahead of you. And estimated time until checkout is however much time. So for me, it said I was like person number 1,000 in line and that there were like 400 people still ahead of me. So like uh, the other 600 had already checked out or whatever. And it said estimated time, 20 minutes. So I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll just, I got nothing going on. I was, I'm, I'm already not, in the queue. I'm in the queue. I'm off. You know, I'm not like at work trying to like look at it between customers. Uh, so, you know, I think it said it was going to be 20 minutes. It probably took like 16 minutes. Got to the front. Uh at that time, I had 15 minutes to kind of think to myself, you know, should I try to get more than one? And it was <laughs> limit two. So I ordered two of them uh, and I was able to successfully get it. And around like 120, 120, I'm sorry, uh, by two o'clock, they were sold out. I, I don't know exactly like when you would have had to have been in the line to have successfully completed it. But uh, long story short, I got two of them coming in uh, after taxes shipping and two defenders because you got to get defenders for these uh, it was it was 90 bucks okay so, like, so 45 bucks i said 50 bucks. 45 bucks yeah and i mean if you think about it these are basically like getting AEW chase figures and if you had the option to buy an AEW chase for 45 bucks you know even if it was like reho i think most people would jump on it just to flip it you know it's, and i and again i see low end on a chase a hundred dollars yeah. And I'm talking way low end on a chase. Yeah. We're talking high, about- high end is more usually closer to 300. Yeah. And, and actually I'm going to talk about that in a second, but uh, uh, as far as AEW chases, I've been on the market, but uh, yeah, like I don't necessarily want this figure. Uh, I'm definitely selling one of them the second it comes in. But sure. I think if I am able to successfully get the mocks and the Omega, then I'd like to have all three. 
if somehow I strike out getting the Moxley, then I'm selling everything. You know, I want either all three or, or I want none of them. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now you would mention us to keep an for us to keep an eye out when those two go up. Yeah. I'm you're you're gonna your your ears more to the ground when shit like that goes live than mine is, you know? I think what it was was I was just waiting to see if there was any kind of like you guys are good at pointing out to me, oh hey, this went up for pre-order on ringside or whatever. Yeah, okay. And and I think that with this, there were rumors in the major pod Facebook group that it was going to go on sale during this week. It's just one of those things where I was lucky enough to be in the group and see that somebody mentioned it. And and I don't know if it was shop AEW or the major pod, somebody tweeted about it or put it on Instagram. So like, I might've seen news of it if I was scrolling on those feeds as well, but it just happened to be like, if I was driving or if I was at work or just doing something else and missed out, like, and it wasn't happened to have been looking at my phone during the right time, I would have missed it, you know? So, uh, it's just one of those things. If you see like, Oh, you know, the major pod tweeted out that the Moxley is going live or something like that. Just give me the Iggy, you know, because I For think sure. if you are in line within the first half hour or so, you would have gotten one. Uh, but who knows what the the demand would be for Omega or Moxley? It might be even more, you know. Right. Uh, but speaking of chases, uh, I had sent you links to the first Brody Lee chases going up on eBay. Did you happen to monitor any of the 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 sold prices for those? <clears throat> no, I didn't see. Because um, I have in front of me. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. So I think we've seen three so far out there. Um, you know, one, at least a person purchased and didn't flip, and then two that were up on eBay, right? Yeah, so two of them that were on eBay have since closed, have since sold. Uh, and there is another one that went up on eBay. So uh, there's an opportunity well, for a third one. Uh, but the two that sold... Uh, one of them was just the chase, and the other one was the chase and the standard. The chase, you want to take a guess at what the chase sold for? I'm going to say $300. $485. Ooh, baby. And the chase plus the uh, standard. Um, Let's say that went for six. 660 Okay. <laughs> now, this figure, there's 3,000 of them. There's not... 50 of them. There's not a hundred of them. There's not a thousand of them. There's 3000 of them. So I am more than content with waiting a year, waiting two years, waiting however long it takes this. I mean, uh, Brody Lee is by far the best chase you could possibly buy, but it's not going to keep that price because there's fucking 3000 of them, you know, <laughs> like there's, yeah. And we talk about down. ringside being the suckers premium. And if you're paying $500 for an action figure today, that invariably is going to lose value, but just so that you could say that you have it today. Yeah. Uh, does not matter who that action figure is. I think you and whoever handles your money need to have a long conversation. Yeah. Uh, I do go fast and loose with my spending, <laughs> but you? even I have the common sense to wait on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, I think that's it for weekly purchases, Joe, unless you have anything else, but I would like you to hit my other new jingle. All right. No I, 
got something to throw in here with you, but uh, this is your Ooh. segment, so okay. Uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start things off because I it's a two parter, and <laughs> both of them have to do with the major pod group. Surprise, surprise! Holy shit! Who would have thunk it? Yeah, who would have thought it? Uh, I obviously said last week that I purchased uh, a, a test shot of the Kenner Knights End Batman figure. The oh, this story is fantastic. Go ahead. <laughs> And me never having a loose figure, mind you, uh, let alone a prototype, I want a way to properly display the figure. I don't want to just try to stand it up in my detolf or lean it against something. I want some kind of display case, but something small so it doesn't, like, you know, bang around in there. I want it to be appropriately sized for the the prototype. So I asked in the group, you know, and, and a lot of people gave me some good suggestions, some good leads. But I had said, you know, as the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting, uh, you know, I bought this test shot and I want to get a case for it. And uh, a, a somewhat famous member of the Major Pod group, uh, Earring Mulligan or something like that, said, <laughs> said like, oh, I thought I was the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting. And then this guy goes and shows a picture of a dusty shelf full of Lucy's, Joe. And like, I'm looking at the thing and I'm like, oh, okay, I have all of these. But like, I mean, anybody can go and buy like a loose figure. No disrespect to anybody that keeps loose figures. But I mean, your collection is less than, uh, but you, like, listen, you could, yeah. you could, you could shake together 150 bucks and 20 minutes on eBay and yeah. recreate that shelf. hundred percent, hundred percent. And as, as Tim Taylor says, if you own a mint on card collection, you can own a loose collection at any point, but you can't do it vice versa, you know? And I was tempted, Joe, to go and comment on Earring's post or his message and say, hey, let's play a game. And it's called, <laughs> show me a picture of anything in your collection and I'll show you a mint on card version of it. Because I am that confident that I have everything ever made so much so that, and I didn't even mention this in weekly purchases, but in 1997, there was a company called horizon models. Yeah. That came yeah. Out, came out with two different Azrael model kits. And I previously had, and I still do, but I have both of them sealed and mint. And I, it always bugged me that they made two different versions of these model kits, one for direct market and one for retail. And the retail ones have fancier packaging. So I tracked down another one of these Azrael model kits that just has different packaging because I need to have all four of them. And uh, Earring doesn't even have any of these model kits. And he claims he has everything else I have, but uh, he doesn't, Joe. If he doesn't have these model kits that, like, everybody knows about, like, even if... Even if you don't know about these model kits, if you were the Michael Jordan of Azrael figure collecting, you would not only know about these, but you'd also have them and you'd have the mint and you'd have multiple versions, but he doesn't have them, Joe. And this doesn't even scratch the surface on my comic collection, on my CGC collection of Azrael, on my original art collection. I have multiple pages. I have the last ever pre new 52 Azrael appearance on the original <laughs> Ivan Rice art. So you're going to come at me and say that you're the Michael Jordan of anything Azrael related? Well, fucking re-up your game earring and then come at me again. But oh I goodness. didn't say all that, Joe, because I'm trying to be a good boy in the major pod group. And I don't want to like 
ruffle feathers. And I don't want any attention drawn to me because I feel like I might already have a bullseye on my back. But that's all I have to say about that. I'll let you talk, and then I might have something else in a minute. And this this is this is the behavior. This is someone who's behaving in the group. This, this is somebody who's trying to stay under the radar and okay. just simply said, "Nice collection, Scotty. Move on." <laughs> um. So I, I will say this: I was actually going to call in on Pod Van Dam about this, uh, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, you know what? Oh, we can talk about it here because it works better here. Um. It really bummed me out on Saturday. When uh, all the pictures and stuff of the figure reveals for the AEW figures came out, Mm -hmm. and everyone was shitting on the Eddie Kingston figure, right? And, like, Eddie was tagged in most of those, and, like, here's a bunch of people, like, dude, it's fucking awesome, man. Like, I've known Eddie for 17 years, he's been wrestling for 20 years, and for the first time in his life, he gets a toy, and everyone's like, oh, it sucks, it looks like shit. Eddie's fucking tagged in it, man. And I know Eddie, man, and that shit don't bother him, but, like, it bothered me. And, like, it was a lot of people that I know, and there was a lot of people that I don't know, but, like, the people that I know that were like, this figure fucking sucks. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe untag Eddie in this. I don't know. I have a little bit of cooth. Like, he might see it regardless, but if you tag him in it, he's definitely going to see you, my friend, saying that my other friend's toy that, you know, is probably, like, on his bucket list of life things as a professional wrestler is finally happening, and you guys are all saying that it looks like shit. And I'll say this, it's a it's a prototype. Uh, the, the head could be reshaped. I think that's the biggest problem with it. It's, it's like, not the right head shape for Eddie. Like, the, the, the doll head is, like, too round, and Eddie has more of a little, like, in comparison, like, not as round of a face. Mm-hmm. And the figure's not coming out for another five months, minimal, so I'm sure they'll have time to fix it between now and then. And even if they don't fix it and it still like looks the way that the prototype did, it's still pretty cool. They got a figure and like, don't tag a minute that his figure looks like shit, you know? Cause <laughs> yeah, like that's like shitty of you. I think that like based on his gear alone, it's, it's easily recognizable as Eddie Kingston. You know, you look at that, you know, the siglet and the pants and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, that's clearly Eddie. Uh, I had asked you, I was like, what is it about this that isn't quite right? And I think you pointed out the hair. Um, I think that all they need to do is is lighten up that hair. You know, it looks like a full head of hair on there. And just yeah. give it like uh, a Whatever they do cut. for the 5 o'clock shadow on guys, yep. Yep. do that on the hair. Yeah, do the 5 o'clock shadow. And the beard is fine. Maybe a little streak of, of white somewhere you know just a, a a peppering but i'd be fine if they kept it dark you know like save yeah. that for a future version but it's definitely the the very firm hairline that he has and the full head of hair which you know not saying he's bald but he has a you know a buzzed cut like a, as you said a five o'clock shadow uh would be perfect for it uh but yeah no that's if you've never had a figure don't fucking criticize figures that's all yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and that's the other thing is like how many times have we seen like those test shots of a figure or the proto the prototype of the figure, and there's a pro there's a figure that was in a glass case under weird lighting, and people were taking the picture at a weird angle, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of variables in this. I'm sure the figure will look great when it comes out. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. The other thing I want to just mention, and again, I I've been trying to be a good boy, Joe, because I, I want to reconcile with all the major pod guys that seemingly I'm not getting along with lately. And I get it. It's a one-sided thing. I'm just, I'm just an annoying little fly to these guys and, and whatever. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I buy lots of stuff, Joe. I buy lots of 
t-shirts and hats and toys and I'm a Patreon and I listen every week and I'll, I'm going to continue listening every week. Um, but you know, obviously I'm very active in the Facebook group. I like to, to follow along. Uh, I like to, to see when things go on sale. I like to post things that I buy and something happened, uh, with the one in 3000 Jericho figure where somebody had bought one, uh, much like me and bought a second one and put it up in the group and asked for like 175 bucks. You know, this is after they had sold out. And as you mentioned, you know, the average chase, you know, on the low end is a hundred bucks on the high end is two, two fifty, whatever. Uh, so somebody was shooting their shot and they were listening as 175 and a bunch of people, a bunch, a bunch of these bootlickers went after him and like, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't gouge the price on this figure. This, that's not, it's against the rules. And, and obviously other people were like, dude, it's, it's a one in 3000 figure. It's sold out. It's the same as a chase. And then the same person was like, it's not a chase. It's a shop exclusive. It's the same as a ringside exclusive, which, okay. which clearly it's not because ringside exclusives, they make and they make and they make until the demand dies out. And then they stop making them where this is a one in 3000 AEW figure. Now, I, I, if I could just ahead. interrupt to here. Yep. So I get what this guy's saying. And I obviously get what you're saying that. Currently, the way that Ringside does their exclusives now is different than the way that they used to do their exclusives. How much does, like, let's say the CM Punk wearing the Straight Edge Society mask, which was a Ringside exclusive, how much does that figure go for? About a $500 figure. Yeah. So, when again, there, there is a difference between a Ringside exclusive and a limited Ringside exclusive. Yeah. So, anyways, it's just people going back and forth, and it's basically... People who missed out on the opportunity to buy this Jericho that want to be provided with it at like cost plus shipping, you know, like they want to be hooked up, you know, because they missed it. But I'm of the mindset that you fucking snooze, you lose. Nobody's giving me a Brody Lee chase for 35 shipped, you know, so I know I'm going to have to drop 200 bucks on that figure. and I'm okay with it because that's what happens when you want a rare expensive figure. So don't come crying to me or anybody else that you missed out on this one in 3000 Jericho. So I might have Joe, because I'm a bit of a jerk. Sometimes I'm a bit of an instigator. Sometimes I like to light a match and walk away and see what happens. So I kind of posted something that said, uh, quote, it's okay to mark up this one of 3000 AEW figure that I found in a store but not that one of 3,000 AEW figure you bought online, end quote, signed crazy people. So it was just my way of taking a dig at the people that are crying about the, like, they're not being a double standard or whatever. You know, they're just like, this figure should be free for all, you know, you know, communism, whatever. Oh, uh, boy. So it was just a shot, and I was going to walk away from that. But I also like the fact that, of course, like a lot of these uh, divisive statements that I might make in the group. There was a lot of commentary one way or another. People basically saying, yes, it's just as rare as a chase, so I should be able to sell it for whatever I want. And then there was an equal amount of people being like, man, this group used to be about hooking up our brothers and, and making it like, so our family never loses out on a figure. So there was a lot of that stuff too. Um, I, unfortunately, Joe, I took the bait. 
And one of the people said something to the effect of like, this group has changed. It's all about making money. Uh, this isn't what the, the boys wanted when they made this group. Mm. Uh, and so for whatever reason, Joe, that statement about how we're just not doing what our forefathers wanted, uh, that got to me. So I replied to that. And I basically replied uh, that, well, there's a lot of this has changed. You know, not only are we, you know, the people in this group, you know, now trying to make money, but the boys, meaning Matt and Brian and Mark, uh, they don't exactly do the same stuff that they used to. Uh, they don't sell in the group anymore. You know, they sell on whatnot. And I don't think I'm out of line by saying that because I've been in this Patreon group for about a year now or a little bit less than a year. And I remember when I first signed up that like at any given moment, you'd see Brian Myers selling Hey, micro brawlers claim sale, go ahead and get them, you know, or here's figures I don't want anymore. Go get them. Or broski being like, here's, you know, a, a purple leather jacket that I wore on impact, you know, claim for whatever. And that was like a benefit to being in the Facebook group is that you got first cracks at all this stuff. And if you were quick on the draw, you sometimes got a good deal. You know, like you just happen to be looking at Facebook at the right time. You click claim. It's part of the excitement. You know, it's being in the right place at the right time and striking while the iron's hot. And that's something I liked about being in the group. But now, because they have a partnership with whatnot, and by all means, go and get your money. Uh, everything that they have that's extras, they put on whatnot. And they mention that. They're like, oh, I a lot of times I'm just shopping for whatnot stuff when I go on these toy hunts. Because that is the business model now. And that's fine. That's like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's bullshit. It shouldn't be that way. But if somebody's going to be in the Facebook group and say that, you know, me trying to make a profit isn't in the spirit of what the boys wanted. Well, nothing's really in the spirit because everybody's out trying to make their money just like the pod boys are with, you know, selling on whatnot. And that's fine. I go and make your money however you want. But I don't think there should be a double standard where I am held at a higher standard than Broski and Hawkins. You know, if Broski and Hawkins are trying to get the most money out of their stuff, then so am I. So all I said in the comments was, hey, this group, uh, you know, the, the guys sell on whatnot instead of in the group anymore. So I think that if you're going to blame me for trying to make a lot of money, I think there's a lot of blame to go around is all I meant basically said. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, Joe, <laughs> somebody recognizes my name from the, the merch book fiasco uh, and, and remembers me in, in a little bit of a negative light. And uh, uh, Mr. Matthew Cardona uh, went and commented on my, my take. And I was the only one. I checked because there was a lot of people bitching in this thread. Uh, and I was the only one that uh, he, he went after. And he said... Uh, Adam, do you complain about everything? Seriously. And I legit sold four super sevens in here yesterday. Uh, I went and looked, I can't find that posting, but if Broski says so, I believe him. Uh, but yeah, so I, apparently I complain about everything and I thought about what I was going to do as a response. I thought like, uh, maybe I'm just going to go, this is the night that I get kicked out of the group. Uh, or maybe I try to smooth things over. Uh, but at the end of the day, I decided to go with passive aggressive. So I just said, well, I do like to complain, you know, and then the emoji of the guy shrugging his shoulders. Uh, and then Broski replied, you do. And it's usually in absolutes and just your opinion that you state as facts. Be happy. Buy yourself a figure or something. 
And then uh, I, I did buy that Regal figure. And I mentioned, hey, I took the advice and I bought a figure. And I posted the Regal. And Broski liked the picture. So I don't know. Maybe he gets the fact that I'm just being an instigator. Or maybe he fucking hates me. Which is unfortunate because I, I have been a Broski apologist in the past. But uh, if I do end up going to this live recording this weekend and with gas and uh, snow and all that stuff, I don't know if I'm going to. But if I do, maybe I'll try smoothing things over with Broski. But uh, who knows? But that's the latest in my uh, staging of a coup. <laughs> well, so I wouldn't say it's so much as a staging of a coup like you think to inflate these things or conflate these things as you do. Uh, but I will say that you were the one that started the post. Yes. And there were a lot more people on your side than, again, your side. And to the people that were, again, your side, uh, the person, the brothers, as they call, I would say on a weekly basis, into a microphone that's listened to by hundreds of thousands of people, Broski says and tells all of you that it's the toy business, not the toy friendship. Yeah. So, family, brotherhood, whatever, you're in a Facebook group. They could kick you out at any time for any reason they want, and they don't give a shit about you one way or the other, sadly. And uh, if you do go to that show, you absolutely need to bring it up to Broski and say, hey, I'm Adam. I'm the one that you say it's negative all the time. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'd bring it up to him. Yeah. And I'd even go, like, in the purple leather jacket. And I, I, I didn't, first things first, I'd be like, hey, man, remember me? I bought this from you. And I'm sure he'd probably remember that in like a positive light, but then I'd be like, I am also the guy that you say is super negative, <laughs> you know? And I just want you to know, like I I'm a huge fan. And for whatever reason, like you're fucking coming after me all the time. So I think we should bury the hatchet and then maybe sure. take a Mark photo flipping each other off or something. There but you go. Again, I don't think I'm going to go. Unfortunately, I think that's $30 wasted because it's supposed to be a fucking snowpocalypse this weekend. Eh, well, <laughs> that's what you get for leaving your house. I know. Rookie mistake. To bring it all back around it before we started recording. <laughs> yep. But that's it, Joe. I think hopefully next week I won't be going to war with anybody. I think next week will be a nice calm show. All right. Let's cross our fingers. Now, <laughs> I'm glad we're putting this here. Because uh, as of this recording, we are currently three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks away from the LVAC return show at the Weibacher Brewery in Easton, Pennsylvania. Uh, and, it, and some of the talent has been announced. Uh, no matches and against eight weeks, so it's going to be a slow rollout. Uh, Willow Nightingale is going to be on the show. And what is going to end up being his last match, uh, Avery Good Professional Wrestler has been announced. Okay. Uh, now, I will say this week, and this is why I'm glad this is the very tail end of the show. <laughs> um, so this week, I make no bones about it. I tried to fish out of him who his opponent, opponent was going to be uh, for his last match, possibly ever, literally walking distance from his house. <laughs> and he wouldn't tell me. Oh. So uh, starting this week, I'm going to start rumors of who his last <laughs> opponent is going to be in the hopes that one, it comes true, or two, uh, he gets sick and tired of people saying like, well, Joe said your opponent's going to be this, and then he's <laughs> just going to come out and tell me. Now, that's the thing. When he tells me who it's going to be, I'm not going to tell you who it's going to be, listener of the show, but um, I, I have it on good authority 
that someone's going to be dusting off the old red, blue, and gold tights and mask and coming out of retirement. You heard it here first, first, folks. Main event of that show on May 6th is going to be Avery Good, professional wrestler, taking on Vin Gerard, Equinox, Jerry of Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Ooh, look at that. That's, I have it on good authority. I know. What the match is going to be. Very credible Joe Sposto. I mean, uh, it's hard to argue that that source, you know? And then off air, I'll tell you the the last one if I don't get it before the show goes out. (laughs) All right. You heard it here first and add odds with wrestling exclusive. That's right. So, everyone, thank you very much uh, for listening. This was episode 181 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying, be safe out there the two-year anniversary of all this going on. You know that? And uh, enjoy some wrestling, everyone. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named Network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Network.